Hi, this is Chris from Fresh with Edge in Rochester, Minnesota, and you're listening to Upstart Farmer Radio. Welcome back to Upstart Farmers Radio, the podcast for farmers looking to make an impact and a living. I'm Perry Baptista, and here again today with uh, Dr. Nate Story. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you, Nate? Doing all right. So, Nate, what was one of the first markets that Bright Agrotech used to sell produce? So, uh, one of the first markets we attacked were farmer's markets. And uh, we, we basically, at the time, were not producing an awful lot, but we produced enough that we could show up once a week or every other week and sell what we had at the market and raise some, you know, some vis- visibility for our products and for our farm. And, uh, yeah, that was one of the first markets we attacked. So, um... What do farmers markets offer to upstart farmers, especially in the position that you uh, described starting off with at Bright Agrotech? Right, so depending on the farmers market, it can be a great place to really show off what you're doing. And it can be a really good place for um, for people to begin to connect with you and for you to touch base with um, with potential customers. So a lot of people think there's a lot of money to be made at farmers markets. That's certainly true in some instances, but by and large, um, they're a better marketing opportunity for you and for your organization and for your products outside of the farmer's market than they actually are for the products at the farmer's market. So the live sales model is a model that we talk about a lot for upstart farmers to use to differentiate themselves and their produce. What kind of possibilities do upstart farmers have for that model at farmer's markets? Right, so farmers markets are a great place to do live produce and in fact most of our farmers who sell at farmers markets are just selling live towers and the reason for that is they can haul live towers to market and they don't have any spoilage people it's a it's a much more like tactile personal um, way to sell things so usually when you show up with a bunch of living towers people want to come over and ask you about them and those conversations lead to sales not just at the farmers market but sales afterwards And so why farmers markets as a starting point? Why not starting with a CSA or some other market for upstart farmers? Sure. So the way to think about it is a farmers market is a community event. And a lot of people actually show up at farmers markets with no intention to really buy. Um, A lot of the times, you know, the produce is pretty expensive. So it's a higher margin, lower volume type of market in a lot of places. And especially with a lot of the CSAs uh, with what they're charging now for entry. So um, really, you know, the, the nice thing about farmers markets is if you're thinking about doing a CSA or something like that, you know, for instance, for us, we, we got most of our initial CSA customers from the farmers market. So we went to the farmers market and we used it as a marketing tool, a place that, that we could shake some hands, tell people what we did, hand them a flyer for our CSA. And then, you know, they joined our CSA. We didn't owe anything to the farmers market. There's no percentage there. There was no nothing. Um, but a lot of the same demographic that visits the farmers market is the demographic that will want to buy your stuff at the whole local Whole Foods or Safeway or what have you. They want to know what restaurants are serving your food and they want to be a member of your CSA. Right, so you alluded to this a little bit and it's a really good point that I want upstart farmers to hear. Um, farmers markets aren't a free market to access for upstart farmers, right? That's right. 
Yeah, in fact, they can be really expensive. Um, in some places, if you ask me, they're just outrageous. And a lot of the problem is that uh, larger regional distributors and producers will show up, and they, um, they don't care if the farmer market fees go up, and oftentimes the organizers are always excited to raise the entrance fees. Um, and the people that end up hurting, of course, are the actual local producers who are producing in relatively small volumes. Um, they don't make an awful lot of money, uh, but it's what they like to do. So, you know, those are the guys that end up getting hurt. Um, so it really depends on the market itself. And, uh, you know, I would highly recommend that you talk with organizers well in advance and you find out what their fees are and definitely try to negotiate those down. Anytime you can get cheaper fees, it's better. Um, and some markets as well will do a percentage. So a percentage of what you sell in, in, instead of a fee, oftentimes they'll do whatever is greater, um, you know, say $300 or 10% of your total total revenue. Yeah, so definitely, definitely do your market research before you enter a farmer's market. So yeah, I, along those lines, there have been markets where we've lost money, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so there has been markets, you know, like it's a $50 entrance fee and then the storm blows in and everyone leaves and there's it's deserted and you still owe 50 bucks, even if you had no customers. So definitely too that you know there's even if you do lose money at a farmers market there's always some other benefits to attending if you can connect with those customers who will provide you with more sales and revenue opportunities outside the farmers market. Yeah, it's a marketing opportunity. So of all the upstart farmers, who would you say Nate is the kind of farmers market superstar, the one who does farmers markets better than most of the other upstart farmers? Uh in our current mix? Yes. Oh man, Chris Chris Lucanbill is doing some pretty amazing stuff. He's built a whole bunch of displays. He's at Fresh With Edge. He's up in uh, Rochester, Minnesota. So he does some really cool uh, cool stuff with his farmer's markets up there, building um, these really nice displays. This year he's building an entire setup so he can pretty much haul his greenhouse practically to the farmer's market, which will be pretty darn interesting, um, and all of it live. So he's, he's doing some cool stuff. If you're looking for more information on how to do farmer's markets the right way, definitely chat with Chris. Well, awesome, because Chris Lucanville is who we're going to chat with next here on this episode. So Perfect. Um, stay tuned. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. All right, can you tell us a little bit about your farm, Fresh With Edge? So yeah, Fresh With Edge started in 2013, uh, and we're here in Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, we started out using Zip Crow towers from the very beginning. The first year, we were doing a small run of 60 towers with uh, an aquaponics setup. The second year, we expanded out to be just around 200 towers in production, um, straight in hydroponics only. And then this year we're going to expand up again and be just short of 300 towers, I believe, um, doing both aquaponics and hydroponic production. Nice. So uh, what kind of things are you growing in that greenhouse then? We have a very diverse array. We have quite a few different customer sets, and we're still, we're still learning our markets as we go. This is the third year that we're in it. Um, and we started out doing a whole variety of herbs and greens, and it seems like each year we've only expanded to be more. So uh, we, we are, we are um, doing a smaller set of varieties or species within each variety, I should say. Uh, but uh, we have 
for the green side of things, we're doing lettuce, kales, bok choy, chards, things like that. And then uh, for herbs, we focus on basil, uh, parsley. We do cilantro, mint, um, tarragon, thyme, um, those types of things. And then for the fruiting and flowers, we're actually just starting those up this year. So we're excited to see what that's going to be. Um, what, what kind of production we're going to be able to get and what kind of market we can get for those. We have uh, seascape strawberries that we're going to try out, uh, along with some nasturtiums, some lemon drops, and some marigolds. So all edible flowers that we're going to try, so get a little bit of the aesthetics uh, in addition to being able to have some edibles with it as well. Well, that sounds like a really great variety that you've got going on there, um, something it's kind of hard to manage, but it'll certainly be delicious at the end. Yeah, definitely. There's uh, quite a bit of tracking going on to figure out what we're planting for who. It's definitely not as easy as fill the empty towers with the same thing that just came out of them. So, so then when did uh, Fresh with Edge start attending farmer's markets? Was that something uh, or a market that was available right from the start of Fresh with Edge? Yeah, so we uh, we have a really good farmer's market uh, here in Rochester. It's actually voted the best in Minnesota last year, so we were pretty proud of that. We have quite a few vendors uh, and then quite a few um, patrons every week. We have a year-round market uh, that goes all year round, but the, the primary market is through the summer months from May until October. And uh, we started out the first year, so that was 2013. Uh, just as a temporary vendor, they call it, where we can go in and we don't have a, a specific spot for our, our location, but we just moved around the market, and that was actually a nice way to get to learn things a little bit. Um, and we uh, we have it set up so each Saturday we'd go there and, and sell from the market. So that's where we started was 2013 as a temporary, and then uh, last year and it was when we started with our permanent location. So we, we'll do it last year, we did it last year, and we'll do it this year again. So nice. So you're just attending one farmer's market there then, if I understood that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. And so that's what, we, that we've, what we've done before. We're actually going to move to doing the same, um, so the same group or the same farmer's market as some midweek markets that they do. Um, and so we're going to start doing those as well, primarily not as much to get a bigger market for the farmer's market, but just to have another option for people to pick up their live towers because we're going to be doing the live CSA. So we allow people to pick up their CSA towers at the farmer's market. And so that way they can just be able to bring it right from the market to their house. We don't have to have people coming out to the greenhouse to pick things up. That adds some additional insurance issues that you have to deal with for that. But then having the midweek market then allows people that are going to be gone over the weekends during the summer um, to be some opportunity there in the midweek to be able to pick it up. Um, we are looking at uh, another market in the Twin Cities that has actually reached out to us, but uh, they were uh, a smaller market um, that's interested in having us come up there. And uh, we're looking at that opportunity, but I'm not sure if we're going to be able to make that work just with the small group that we are now to be able to make it up there. So what would you recommend to other upstart farmers who are considering attending farmer's markets? You know, you've got a couple different farmer's markets that are competing for your attention right now. What kind of things are you considering as you decide whether or not to go for these markets? Um, for the farmer's markets, it's primarily figuring out who you're trying to sell to. And you're going to have a, 
you know, I, I think each market has its own um, its own pluses and minuses as far as the bigger the market, sometimes you get a little bit more lost in the, you know some of the more established vendors out there. Um, where some of the smaller markets, you can make a little bit more of an impact, but that, again, that is the smaller subset of customers. So I think there's opportunities everywhere. I think it's more of just trying to position yourself well inside that group and kind of understand who your customers are and what their expectations are. Um, and that's something that we're learning as we go. Um, where we started the first year, you could only do cutting it off the tower, and there was no pre-cut stuff. This last year and what we're continuing this year that seems to really help out is where we do some actually pre-cut, um, where it's, when I say pre-cut, it's actually pre-cut there. So we always have one bag of whatever variety it is cut to, so somebody can just grab and go, um, and then we'll refill that when that's gone. So, um, so it's still super fresh, still something that differentiates our product, but uh, it just helps us to be able to, to reach a broader audience, people that maybe aren't looking for as much of the experience, um, but just need something that's really good and they want to be able to grab it and get out of there. Because um, some people are just in a hurry. I mean, that's their shopping trip too, right? And, and so there's, there's an entire spectrum of uh, customers at the farmer's market uh, as far as people looking for everything from just an all-day afternoon to people that are just there as part of their Saturday afternoon shopping trip. So you've talked about how you're serving all these different customer types. How are you differentiating yourself as a vendor between all the other larger, more established vendors that are there too? Um, the primary way is, is just having the towers there. Um, the towers are kind of a natural selling point. We had a, uh, a large display that we had built our own uh, the first year and had used last year and year before that uh, we were selling all of our product from. And with that, it was uh, it was definitely something that would pull people in. I mean, we would always have people, they'd start by looking from a distance a little ways and trying to check it out, just trying to figure out what was going on. And then, uh, and then whenever we'd get some people in there asking questions about it, I would just naturally progress and, uh, and, and pull more people in just to hear what was happening and how it was growing. Um, and so... We're expanding on that a little bit this year with the ability of the green walls um, to be able to have a green wall. Actually, we'll have a full green wall behind us of all the different products, and that's where our pre-cut stuff is going to come from, in addition to all of our live sales towers, our live CSA towers. Um, and then in front of us, all of the uh, cut-your-own towers will be sitting in spring systems, and so we'll have spring systems along the outside wall that people can then approach and be able to get all the way around the tower and harvest off themselves. Um, so it allows them to be able to interact with it a little bit more. And it's really going to, I think, up the ability to draw people in because the aesthetic of it is going to be pretty amazing. And that's what I'm really looking forward to this year. In addition to the fact that whenever you have these towers there, um, something set up, the first thing that people say is, oh, this would be amazing if we had something like this on our patio. Uh, and, and in years past, it was always, well, you know, this is, took me X amount of time to build and all this is custom made. And <clears throat> this year, everything that we're displaying towers in, you can literally swipe your credit card there and purchase it on the spot. So um, everything that we're displaying towers in is going to be available for purchase either in a live CSA or just in a, a green wall for yourself. That's awesome. That's a great way to, you know, get even more different revenue streams in through your farmer's market booth as well. 
it'll be really cool to see how that works out. You're spending a good amount of time doing it, right? So you want to make sure that you're able to get all of the avenues that you can as far as being able to make money off of it. Yeah. And definitely something we've heard from other upstart farmers is that farmers markets can be really time consuming. So um, is that, you know, a drawback to farmers market or are there other issues that you face when attending farmers markets? Um, the time consuming part, I mean, it is definitely a full Saturday um, and a lot of energy, a lot of talking to people. I mean, that's that's one of the things, things when you're doing it, um, it, it depends on your personality. When you're, for me anyways, when I'm, they're talking to people, telling them about what we're doing. Um, it's always a big energy rush to be able to do it. Uh, but then as you're doing it throughout the day, um, each you know week in and out, it can definitely drain you. Um, you know, you get to the end of the day and it's just you're just tired and exhausted. Um, and so that's you know one of the things that you gotta pay attention to. I mean, it takes a lot of time and effort, um, and then some commitment to it as well. You have to you know depending on your market, if you're doing it, if it's a weekly market, which in most cases they are, um, it's something that you have to be able to commit to. Um, for people that can know that they can come pick up their product there, right? So they just expect you to be there like they're, they're going to their regular grocery store and this is what you're going to have and when you're going to be there. Um, and so when you're not there, I mean, you're definitely losing out on customers and they just can't, you know, depend on you as much on that. Um, and so you're going to want to make sure that either you're able to be there, you have a good crew of people that can help you out um, to make sure that somebody's there. Um, to be able to, to make that work for you for the farmer's market. And so on the flip side of that, um, what do you like most about attending farmer's markets? And I think the best thing is it's really your, and that's for the first year, that's what we were exactly using our farmer's market for, um, was just being able to market ourselves. <clears throat> you know, the, the farmer's market is really the, the best opportunity that you have to be able to tell your story um, to get yourself out there in front of people that are going to be your best customers no matter where you're selling things. Um, so that's where you're going to be showing everybody what you're selling and telling them about your operations that then might be buying your product in the local food co-op. Um, or even better is when you're meeting all of the chefs there. I mean, all of the chefs that use local farm-to-table food, the kind of customers that you want in a chef, they're the people that are going to be going to the farmer's market. Um, and so really, I can think of actually, I don't think we have one chef that we didn't meet at the farmer's market. That's how we met all of our chefs. Um, you know, that's, and so to be able to not have to go out and track people down and try and sell them on what you're trying to do, um, when they actually just come to you and say, this is amazing, we need this in our restaurant, how do we make that happen? Uh, that makes the sale a lot easier to do, uh, especially when, you know, depending on when you're getting into it. I mean, now we've got the green walls. It makes it a hundred times easier. Um, but the first couple years that we were doing it, I mean, we were the first ones that were trying out a lot of these things. And so you needed a lot of forgiveness from the chefs the first times to, you know, really be able to make that relationship work. And so when you start off with them pulling, it makes it a lot easier to be able to get a little bit of extra forgiveness to be able to, to get everything worked out. Well, awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Chris. Uh, where can folks find more information about uh, Fresh With Edge if they're interested? Yeah, so Fresh With Edge, we have our, uh, our web presence at freshwithedge.com. 
Uh, our blog isn't as active as it used to be, but we have quite a bit of information on there as far as what we've been doing in the past and what we're working on here for the future. I'm Hank Thornburg with Lancaster Farms. Our experience with farmers markets so far has been none. We're bringing our first products to market here in a few weeks. So we're gonna do a soft opening in our retail outlet for a couple of weeks. And the farmer's market that we host will open May 1st. And that's where all our produce will hopefully be heading. Hi, my name is Paul Meyer and I'm with the Virginia Vegetable Company. And basically I use farmer's markets. In the future, I'm gonna be doing, I'm gonna bring my zip grows and I'm gonna be doing my lettuce and herbs right at the farmer's market. And I'm just basically use farmer's market to um, just to like have a presence and help build my CSA brand. Although farmers markets are growing in popularity, they don't exist everywhere just yet. Or perhaps they exist only at inconvenient times or places or with outrageously high fees. But upstart farmers are innovative and they don't let anyone hold them back. After implementing their ZipGrow Tower system, Lancaster Farms, looking for an outlet for their produce, decided to start their own farmers market. Lancaster Farms is a wholesale retail and plant nursery, and Upstart Farming is a new venture for their business. All right. Hi, Christina. How are Hi, you? Hi, Perry. Tell us who you are and a little bit about what you do at Lancaster Farms. Sure. So I am the marketing manager and farmer's market manager at Lancaster Farms. Um, we started a farmer's market last year for many reasons, but probably the sole reason being we wanted an outlet to sell our own veggies that we've been growing uh, in our zip grow towers here in a greenhouse. Um, and I'm from Lancaster Farms, which is in Suffolk, Virginia. Uh, we are a wholesale landscape nursery. So we've been in business since 1969 and sell pretty much any type of container plant that would go in a landscape. So um, on the landscape side, we're old hats, but in terms of vertical farming, we're definitely uh, on the, the newbie side. <laughs> so um, what motivated you guys as upstart farmers to start your own farmer's market rather than attend one of the others in the area? Or are there others in the area? Yes, there are definitely other markets in the area. Uh, and actually our particular area, um, we kind of are in a metropolitan region called Hampton Roads in Virginia, which our location is about 45 minutes north of Virginia Beach. So usually that's a spot that a lot of people at least have heard of before. So we live in a really large metropolitan area. There's a lot of actual military bases in this area. We're kind of smack in between Virginia Beach and Williamsburg, Virginia. So there's a lot of farmer's markets that are in that region. So part of it was we thought what a great way to extend our reach into our local community here. We kind of live in a pocket of Suffolk called North Suffolk. Uh, and so there wasn't an actual market here in our neighborhood. There's a market about 30 minutes one direction and a market about 20 minutes the other direction. And there's a market in downtown Suffolk, but there wasn't anything really here. So we had a lot of customers coming in saying, it would be so wonderful if you guys actually started a farmer's market here. And then Hank Thornburg, who's our head grower, started our experimentation with zip grow towers in one of our greenhouses here. And that's when we thought, well, we can start a farmer's market and just go ahead and sell what Hank's growing. So it seemed like a natural fit for us. So what all did it take then to start your farmer's market? I mean, you clearly already have the nursery and had the zip grow towers growing with produce. What else did you have to do? 
So it's definitely a, a bigger undertaking than I think even I realized when I volunteered to start the project. So when I came on board at Lancaster Farms, like I said, I'm our marketing manager. So I do a lot of our, probably a lot of what you do, Perry, um, a lot of the email correspondence, a lot of our uh, local promotions here to our local customers, which are primarily landscapers and garden centers. So on the Lancaster Farm side of things, I handle a lot of our marketing efforts um, and I do some recruiting as well for the, for the company. But then I said, yeah, sure. I can, I can look into starting a farmer's market and it definitely took on kind of a life of its own. <laughs> uh, so where I really started was because last year when we decided to start, I actually joined Lancaster farms in April. So we had kind of missed the boat of when we could actually start a farmer's market in the spring, like a traditional market would go from the spring to the fall. So I said, well, we've kind of missed the boat for a spring opening. Summers get really hot here. Frankly, they can get up into the 90s, even 100 degrees. Um, and a lot of farmer's markets, you know, they stay open through the summer and it just, you know, bear the heat. So I said, well, we could do a test market from August to October. And that would give us an idea of, does it work? Will it work here? Because like I said, we're really surrounded by quite a few markets in our area. So I did think there's a good chance that people are just not going to come. They're already really, really involved in another market or they have strong ties to vendors in another market that it just might not work. But long story short, I basically started calling some farmers in the area to just see if there was interest because I know one of the biggest draws to farmers markets is produce and it always will be. So I knew if we couldn't get those farmers there, we were out of luck. <laughs> so, um, so that was probably my first big step was to just find out, could we get the farmers there that we needed? Um, and then secondly, I called the city, the city of Suffolk government, um, our, our local city office to find out what I needed to do. And we were lucky in that we have space here at our farm location. So I didn't have to find a space or work with an outside organization to use a space on the weekend. So that was one advantage we had is we have empty space here that wasn't being utilized. So I was able to just call the city and say, this is what we'd like to do. I've got this space on the farm. What do I need to do to make sure that I'm in compliance with the city? Uh, and luckily, all I have to do usually is um, fill out what's called a temporary use permit. And it basically just lets the city know, this is the area where I'm gonna have the farmer's market. These are the dates, these are the times. Here's where I'm going to have signs because they're very particular about if there's signage that's visible from the roadway. For, we're right on a main kind of, not highway, but we're in a rural area, so highway is literal or figurative, but our main highway that goes through Suffolk, we're right off of that. So anything that can be seen from that main road, um, they want to make sure they know about it. So those are probably, I would say, the two biggies that you kind of have to take care of to really know if you can get it started, is to get your vendors or see if you've got enough vendors to get started and to make sure that the city doesn't mind you starting and, and they're aware of everything you need to do. Yeah, absolutely, because I bet those two requirements could vary a lot for different upstart farmers in different areas of the country. Exactly, and it can really vary. You know, I've heard lots of stories of cities being very willing to work with farmers markets, and I've heard stories of people having to absolutely jump through hoops to get a farmer's market started just with city regulations, unfortunately. So I think it really can run the gamut. And it depends on how many farmers are in your area. You know, we're lucky in that 
we are in, a, in an agricultural area. There are quite a few farmers around, but even still, farmers can only be in so many places at once on a Saturday morning. Um, and unfortunately, most farmers markets operate on Saturday mornings roughly around the same time. So you really have to hopefully find farmers that can be, they've got help and they can uh, go to a couple different markets, even if they're all on Saturday morning. So that can also be a little bit tricky depending on how many food vendors you have in your area. So what kind of vendors and farmers do you have attending your farmer's market at this point? Sure, sure. So we have, um, right now we have two produce vendors besides us. (laughs) Hopefully we will be our third this year. So I have two produce vendors. Um, We have one very popular meat vendor who grows all of her own animals that she then sells um, as meat. Uh, We have also craft vendors. So we do have a couple craft vendors at our market. We have someone that does kettle corn. I have a catering company that likes to come out. They do their own breads and, you know, dips and mixes and all kinds of food products. So they like to come out on weekends. So it's a really nice mix. And then there's a couple vendors I have that kind of circulate. We've got some people that come almost every Saturday. And then I've got some, some circulating vendors that drop in and out. I always say the better the mix, the more variety you have, the better the customer experience. And they keep on coming back to to see the people that they know and love. So speaking about those customers, do you have any other tips on how to um, make your market work best for the customers? Sure. Uh, I, you know, and like I said, I'm definitely not a pro. We're actually looking at changing our layout for this coming year. Uh, So I'm still learning of what works best for customer flow. But I would say I try and keep in mind both ends of the spectrum and what draws the customers through the market. So they go by every vendor's booth. There was a time when we first started last year that I had one vendor kind of tucked around a corner. And so there were times where if it was really windy, she had some some walls that she could put up around her booth. So there was a couple times where people were just not seeing her. <laughs> she was just tucked around this corner and people weren't walking by. And she was like, man, I just haven't really had that many customers today. And I'm like, what's well, been pretty busy? What's going on? And so I realized she just wasn't very visible. So I definitely try and make sure that I have some kind of customer flow or just, you know, logical flow to the market where everyone walks by every booth. And on the flip side, I then try and think about vendors and unloading. And some of them have really large display items. Some of them have big signs. They all put up tents. Um, They bring their own tables. So it's a lot to load and unload. So I try and make it as easy as possible for them. Um, And also I do have a couple vendors that have to keep their truck next to their booth. Um, Our meat vendor brings a freezer, a cooler with meat. So she has to have her truck right behind her booth. So there's always some logistical challenges there, but hopefully you've got a flexible area where you can kind of lay it out the way that feels natural. So then on the flip side of that, my next question here is just what advice would you give to upstart farmers who are maybe vendors at another farmer's market at how they can be the best vendor or how they can work with the market manager like you um, the best. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I thought, well, one of the great resources that Bright AgroTech had was the farmer's market webinar. I've watched that at least once. And I actually just told Hank the other day I needed to watch it again because there's really helpful tips in that video and that webinar that you guys provide. I would say to any people in the community, check out the webinar because it really is worth your time. 
But that being said, I like to think of myself as a more laid back market manager. I've met other managers that are very, very by the book and stringent. What I say is above all else, be easy to work with. There's some vendors that try and give me a hard time once in a while. And I just say no negativity. We're here to work together. We're adults. Um, so I'll definitely say, just try and build that rapport with your market manager. And if they're a good person, they're going to help you out. Um, we're all in it usually for the same purpose of we want a successful market and we can't have successful markets without good vendors. And I'll say really another thing that I deal with a lot with vendors is just, you know, being on time and being set up before markets start. Um, I know some things happen and, and things can change, but definitely just, you know, the rules are there for a reason. And so everybody's on the same page uh, and just can have an easy flowing market. Well, sounds like you've pretty much reiterated one of our biggest points, which is develop a really good relationship with your market manager. So that's definitely a place to start. Um, what other words of wisdom um, would you like to share about farmer's market, starting your own or even just attending one? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I definitely, in terms of starting your own, it can seem very, very daunting. And I think once I really got into it, I thought to myself, it really could be a full-time job, um, depending on how dedicated and how large you want your market to be. Um, it can it can take up a lot of your time and can feel overwhelming, but if you kind of break it into, you know, doable steps um, and just plow your way through it, you know, if you put in the hard work, I think you'll be successful. The markets that I've seen that haven't done well are people that either weren't that dedicated or just weren't willing to really put in the time. So if, if you've got the time and you're, you know, dedicated to the project, I think you'll be successful. Um, and at least you've done everything you can in your power to make it happen. And in terms of being on the vendor side, uh, I would say to just find a market where you feel like your product really fits in well with the mix that they have. Um, and part of that is on the markets in the market manager's responsibility. I think that's one of the things that I always try and do is make sure that any vendor we have really fits in nicely with our mix. Uh, Cause I've been to other markets where there's five or 10 of the same vendor and then you kind of get lost. You know, there's people that always go to that same vendor every week and you might not be as successful. So I think finding a market that just fits with what you have and you're reaching the customer base that you're looking for, then you'll find more success at the market than if you were to join uh, another market where you're just kind of another vendor in a group of five or 10 that are just like you. I think that's great advice. Thanks so much, Christina. Absolutely. And where can people find out more about Lancaster Farms if they're in your area? Sure, definitely. Um, you can uh, find our website at lancasterfarms.com. Uh, if you'd like to find our website for the farmer's market, it's lfmarketva.com. Uh, and I'm always happy to answer folks' questions. Um, I love meeting new people, especially through the great agrotech communities. So uh, always feel free to email me. Um, it's just Christina with CH at lancasterfarms.com. Awesome. Thanks again, Christina. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Whether you attend one, attend several, or start your own, 
Farmers markets are a popular venue for upstart farmers looking to grow their customer base. Despite their time-consuming nature, farmers markets are both enjoyable and well worth the effort for upstart farmers. This has been Upstart Farmers Markets, tips from the pros on Upstart Farmers Radio. Check out radio.upstartfarmers.com for more information on this episode and to learn more about the upstart farmers.